0: Good morning. Today's reading, scripture reading is Matthew 7, verses 1 through 6. Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye,
1: All right. Good morning. It's, uh, it's good to see you all here this morning. My name is Dave. Um, I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Church Tucson, and uh, it's just great to have you here. Um, if you're new or you've, you've never heard me preach before, I just want to give you all a, a heads up. I have a stutter, and it'll kind of come in and out as, as we go. So just want to make sure that you have a heads up on that and you know um, what, what's happening. And as I said, it's just good to, good to be here together. This is a Historic Sunday. This is the first Sunday in 71 years uh, after the Chicago Cubs won the National League pennant. So some of you are L.A. fans. I don't know. You know, baseball is kind of weird like that, like keep track of every ridiculous stat. And so this is one of them. The first Sunday after the Cubs, you know, it's, it's silly things like that. But um anyway, it's, it's fun, though, nonetheless, fun to see things like that happen. But, um, you know, I want to uh, get into our time here pretty quickly together. Um, we've been in the, the the Sermon on the Mount now for a couple months, and it's just been a really good time to intentionally come under God's Word and, and grow and, 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 uh, and be shaped by Him. So um, we're going to continue on in that. If you'll go ahead and turn with me in your Bible, to Matthew chapter 7. And if you don't have a Bible with you, would you hold your hand up high and keep it up and somebody will get you a Bible, okay? I want to make sure you have one. And if you don't own a Bible, this is our gift to you. También um, si quieres la Biblia en español, levanta su mano y diga español. Y si no tienes una Biblia, eso es nuestro regalo a usted. Um, okay, we want to make sure everyone has a Bible they can read and keep and understand in their own language. So, um, again, if you don't own a Bible, um, you do now. Okay, keep, keep this one, put your name in it, underline stuff, um, and also bring it with you. Okay, we want to always make sure that what we are learning from and growing from is, is straight out of God's Word. It's not just me up here kind of talking nonsense, but is uh, God's Word. Um, that's, that's the only hope for us. Amen. Um, and so as we're getting there, as we're turning there, let me just kind of pick us up to where, where we've been. Um, again, this is one sermon. This is the Sermon on the Mount because they were super smart, and it's Jesus preaching on the Mount. So there's like, you know, easy way to name it there. Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is just preaching, and he's, and he's, and he's going through here, and there's a cohesive theme all throughout. And it's remember that Jesus is bringing real heart transformation that shows up in real everyday life. And, and so in, in um, chapter 5, at the very beginning there, Jesus really hammers into that transformation that has to take place on a heart level. And, and, he, and he talks about kingdom character, okay? Because he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God that is coming in, that is, that is, that is crashing into the broken world that he created. And so then in chapter 6, it kind of transitions there, and it starts to talk about what life looks like lived out in light of the transformation that Jesus has brought. And he specifically talks about the Father and how transformed people go from enemies of God to children of God, to sons and daughters through faith in Jesus. And he specifically talks about the importance of living all of life in light of our relationship, a restored relationship with God the Father. And and, 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 and that term, that idea of Father is used more there in that section than anywhere else in all of Scripture. So everything that we've said thus far, even if you go back and you read chapter 5 and 6, it all is informed by this idea of, of God being the father and then this week now in chapter seven as we get into that the main theme is judgment and and it it again is connected and we might not see that we might see okay yeah transformed heart changed heart okay god the father relate with the father judgment whoa i don't i don't get how that connects but what, what what this why that is is because we all tend to look at the here and the now And we tend to be consumed, right, sin, which is essentially not God. Sin is, um, no thanks God, I got it on my own, even though God created us in his image, created us to relate with him, to have our identity and our life and our purpose be shaped from him consistently, we said, no thanks God, I want to do it on my own, and we became navel gazers right? Like staring at ourselves, like inward and, and focused on, on me, 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 and on here and now. And even last week, we talked about um, Jesus said, 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 do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Sufficient for the day are its own troubles. And, and so even when we think about the future, it's informed with me, 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 and, and, and now, now, now. And yet the, the big idea in Scripture is that today always needs to be informed by The beginning and the end. That the in the beginning, when God created us, as I just said, this idea, this rich theological truth of the Imago Day, the image of God, that how we view ourselves and how we view others, derives itself from God and His character and who he declares us to be. And yet so often we we don't look at today, and today is not informed by the beginning. And also it needs to be informed by the end. And that's where this idea of judgment kind of starts to come in here, is Jesus will begin to unpack and will begin to teach on the final day. And he talks about how that day, the last day, the day that we will stand before him as our creator and our judge and our king needs to inform how we live today and how we view God, and then from there, how we view ourselves, and then from there, how we view others. Because, as we'll see, how we relate with one another is informed by how we understand ourselves, which is always informed by how we understand God. Okay, so that's really where we're headed. I don't know if that got a little bit crazy, but again, it's, there's no like, yeah, I, have, I, I understand myself really well, but I, I don't really know God very much, or I don't, really know, I don't really care about how I relate with other people. It's all interconnected and interrelated with God. In fact, A.W. Tozer said, um, the most important thing about us is what comes into our mind when we think of God. And then I would say from out, out of that as well, um, from there, what comes into our mind when we think about ourselves is, is, is always related to what comes into our mind when we think of God. All right, are you guys tracking with me? So, so what we'll see here is Jesus informing and bringing clarity to, listen, how you relate with each other and the judgment that you pronounce on one another reveals who you are and who you understand yourself to be. And that should be an indicator of what's to come, of that final judgment day has to do with how you relate with and judge one another and yourself. Okay, so with that, let me pray and ask God to to reveal himself to us all the more clearly through his word, and, uh, and that even as we just sang about the resurrection of Jesus, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, that we know the end, we know the big idea, we know the climax of the story, okay, so that even that would inform our time now, and would reveal the hope we have in him. Okay, so with that, let's pray. Lord, we, we thank you for your word. Um, we believe that it is the, 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 the hope of life. That it is the very truth that is to inform and define everything about us who, who we see you to be, who we see ourselves to be, and how we relate with one another. And Lord, we confess uh, corporately, and I confess as I stand here and, and, and uh, have this high responsibility of preaching from your word that, that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever and so lord we do approach you with awe and re- reverence and lord we we um pray that, that that the words of our mouth and the thoughts of our heart would be acceptable in your sight O oh, lord our rock and our redeemer it's in the name of jesus we pray amen all right verse 1 chapter 7 welcome to chapter 7 right we, we've been marching along here a couple months okay you can you can go ahead and welcome each other to chapter 7 here And, uh, as we continue on here, chapter seven, verse one, judge not that you be not judged. All right. Probably the most famous verse in the Bible, right? Like everyone knows that verse, even people that don't even know it's in the Bible or don't know where it's in the Bible. It's right there next to, you know, God helps those who help themselves and cleanliness is next to godliness. Those two, by the way, are not in the Bible. Benjamin Franklin, but not in the Bible. Okay, Benjamin Franklin said those. But this one is in the Bible, right? And it's so common. Like people just throw it out there. Hey, judge not. You know, who am I to judge? Judge not that you be not judged, or judge not lest you be judged. And it's just kind of thrown out there, and, it, and then we take it and we make it mean whatever we want it to mean, right? And, and so um, we don't have that, that freedom, though, because right? Jesus said this. So we need to dig in and be like, well, what does Jesus mean when he says this? Because um, judgment is not like being discerning, okay? Like, yeah, you're a good judge of character. That's not what kind of judgment Jesus is talking about here. And, and also, the way we tend to take this is just be, just be really, really tolerant, which has been, that word has been so confused and convoluted and distorted and really, whoever says it has their own definition, and then it's just kind of prescribed. Like, be tolerant means, like, don't have a strong opinion or declaration about anything. And if you do make a bold declaration about something, um, make sure it's ambiguous enough that you're not really making any kind of truth statement or truth declaration, that it's just, you know, so as to not offend anyone and just kind of kind of keep this really ambiguous and vague um, kind of conv- conviction. And so just be, just be tolerant. Is that what Jesus is saying here? Judge not that you be not judged. That's, that's not it at all. That's one extreme on the pendulum. And we'll get into the other extreme as well. Because judgmentalism is definitely what Jesus is hammering on. He, he is saying do not be judgmental. But is he saying don't have any strong convictions or declarations? Is he, is he affirming the, the kind of philosophy of of Pluralism, you know, that all truths lead to one truth and it's all the same thing, and, and as long as it's good for you, then don't and you know, don't say anything about anyone else and what they believe. And is that what Jesus is saying on the other extreme? No. Okay, this it's informed, verse one is informed by verse two. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So again, the judgment that Jesus is talking about is not being discerning and, and stuff like that. It's, 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 it's being judge and jury and, and just throwing out verdicts and defining people's character and deciding what they deserve in their lives based on your own lenses and your own view of yourself and your view of them and your view of everything else. And what Jesus is exposing here is you and I don't have the capacity to do that. That, that, that. that you and I can't give this kind of final declaration of what somebody deserves on any level and, and who somebody um, is and what they've done and how we're going to judge them. And again, all connected to because we misunderstand God. And from there, we view... And in fact, let me see, we Perhaps even we have too low a view of God. And then from there, we have too high a view of ourselves. Ouch. And then from there, that informs now how we judge others. And Jesus is saying, you, you don't get to be the judge and the jury, and you don't get to hand down the verdict through the lenses of what you see to be right and wrong. And again, guys, there is a tension here, okay? There are extremes. There's, there's over here, there's, there's, there's judge everyone, that, that you and I see everything clearly, that we are omniscient, all-knowing, and we are omnipresent, we're everywhere, and we are all-powerful, omnipotent, and we, we, can, um, we can decide what everyone else should be doing, and, and we know all. And Jesus is hammering on that, saying, no. no, no. On the other extreme is our kind of version of watered-down conviction, tolerance. Like, don't make any kind of bold declarations. Well, um, one, one author, um, the great Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, said this to speak about what this, this tension we need to live in. He says this, to walk by faith, that would be the whole of Christian life, to walk by faith means to walk on a knife edge, you can fall on this side or that you have to keep on the dead center of truth avoiding the error on the one side and on the other okay we 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 need god the holy spirit we need to be in such a place that our eyes are so fixed on jesus And that we understand him so clearly that that now defines and informs how we go about every second of every day. Because our tendency, if left to us, if we're like, all right, God, I got it. I'll take it from here. Thanks, but no thanks. Uh, uh, I don't really need your help. I got it from here. I'll figure it out. We will inevitably fall on one side or the other. And this room is full of us. And some of us kind of jump back and forth and swing on the pendulum like Tarzan and go from ultra, you know, uh, I'm just going to be really, really flipping and really, really, you know, just hold everything open handedly and not have any bold convictions about everything. Or I'm going to go on the other extreme and judge everyone. And I'm judge. I'm jury. I know what's right. I'm going to throw out social media grenades and just just blow up everyone who, who I think is wrong and, and who deserves my, the wrath of my judgment. And so again, what Jesus is calling us to is to rightly understand him in such a way that that informs that we rightly understand ourselves and then that informs how we rightly relate with others. And to illustrate this and to paint it, and I'm going to just read Jesus' own words here because he just, he, I think he paints this picture. He explains this so well, kind of jumping over to Luke chapter 18. We see an incredible, incredible description of this whole situation here. It's in verses 9 through 14. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous, and he threatened, and who treated others with contempt, with contempt. So he says this, two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Okay, so just pause there for a moment so we understand this context. Okay, Jesus is talking to a group of people, probably like many of us, who have too low a view of God, too high a view of themselves, and are prone to judging others through the lens of, 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 I know what's right and I know what's best. And and he paints this picture because a Pharisee would fit into that category, okay? This is the people that from the outside look squeaky clean. They get it all right. They never give their kids processed foods. They, you know, only homeschool. They do all the things that, you know, a really good person would do. And then he talks about a tax collector, okay? And this is people on the other extreme. This is people that everyone knows, like, oh man, that, you know, that person, there's no way they could get anything right. Like, Right, And so he's, he's, he's hammering on that. So verse 10, this is what he says. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast once a week, or I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And then Jesus goes on to expound, I tell you, this man, the tax collector, went down to his house justified, rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Again, we don't see ourselves rightly, Therefore, we don't see others rightly. And we don't have a lot of Pharisees and tax collectors like this in our day today. But we have a lot of different contexts where we see ourselves and and we, we judge everyone else through ourselves and through the high view of ourselves that we have lifted ourselves up in. And we, man, at least I'm not like that person. You know, at least I'm not X, Y, or Z. Hey, nobody's perfect, I'm not perfect, but at least, and then fill in the blank. And Jesus is saying that this guy, this tax collector who said, have mercy on me, a sinner, because he has a right view of God. And, And this was kind of illustrated to me in my own family um, this, this week, on Thursday morning, I was driving my kids into school, my uh, older three kids, and we were driving into school, and we had a, a talk show on, a, a r- r- radio news talk show, and it was talking about the, the uh, debate from the night before, on whoa, Wednesday night. And we were driving, and it was kind of playing some c- clips from it, and going back and forth, and I just turned it off, and, and, uh, and was like, hey guys, let's, let's pray for the c- candidates right now, for the presidential candidates and just for our country and for us and let's just pray and one of my kids um said wait even for like these candidates like we're gonna pray for them and um you know like why and then and then my my kid asked why like why would we pray for them and I turned and said you hypocrite what no I'm just kidding I didn't do that I didn't do that And then I thought, where did you get that posture? Surely not from me, right? It's like, man, I was convicted. But it did lead to a sweet moment where we could talk together and say, guys, like, it needs to roll off our tongue, but not for the grace of God, so would I be. Right, wherever we are in life, whatever we look at the other side, at the extreme right or the extreme left, and wherever we think we are, right in the perfect sweet spot, that everyone else needs to come to. We, we need to stop and see. Wow, ah, ah, if left to my own, if, if if left to my own efforts, I would be apart from God. I would be not God. I would be wandering and straying, and I would be, I would be the least of these. I would be, I, and, and the tax collector, as Jesus was talking about, he sees that, and he's like, I, I could lob grenades back at this Pharisee and say, hey, well, at least I'm not like you. At least I don't steal from my own people, or at least whatever, you know, blah, 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 and he just goes, no, oh, man, I am broken, and I need your mercy. And that's what the big idea here is. Jesus is saying, listen, the judgment that is to come, standing before Jesus, has to do with understanding God rightly, a just and holy and righteous and perfect God who created us with a plan and a purpose, in perfection, and said, this is what it means to be human. This is what it means to thrive. This is what it means to get it right. And we said, No thanks. I'm going to figure it out on my own. And on the extreme side over here and on the extreme side over here and everywhere in between, we all fall short. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we need to be at a place where we understand that in order to rightly see God. And then from there, rightly understand our desperate need for Him. And how we relate with one another reveals how much we get that. Amen? Are we we following here? So now Jesus gets on and he takes it a step further. In verse 3, pick up with me. He says, Now why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye? Okay, this is, like, we can't miss this. Jesus is hilarious here, okay? He is using irony and humor, to point out these people's ridiculous uh, perspective, and, and uh oh, ours as well. Okay, like you've you've uh, heard the phrase probably, you know, the blind l- hating the blind, and that sounds kind of funny. It's like okay, the blind are like, hey, everyone, come follow me, and you know, it's like, wait, okay, that sounds a little, little bit crazy. Well, Jesus takes it even a step further here, and this is like the picture of like a blind optometrist who's like, hey, let me, do, let me do LASIK surgery on you, right? Like, you have bad vision, you need glasses, and, if, and you know, somebody who's blind walks in the door and is like, I'm, I'm an optometrist, I'm going to fix your eyes for you. I'm going to help your blurry vision get a little more clear. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying like, listen, you, you are so foolish because you misunderstand your own condition. You misunderstand your own state. And then you just go from there, and because you think you get it right, that informs and that defines how you relate with everyone else. And it's like someone who has a log in his own eye, and is trying to pick the specks out of other people's eye. So again, on this extreme here, what is Jesus saying? Is Jesus saying, um, you know, don't, don't ever reveal brokenness, don't ever reveal sin? No. In fact, when we get down into verse 6, it's very clear that, that, that he, he expects us to, to move toward one another and to call one another to the gospel. But he says, listen, how are you trying to pick the specks out of other people's eye? The specks in this is like sinful acts. Okay, and there's, there's a million examples we could use, right? Anything that comes, how we, how we view ourselves, how we view others, how we handle our finances, how we handle sexuality, how we handle anger and passion and, and, and relationships and, and everything. I mean, how we handle it all, right? We've been talking about this for months now, and Jesus has, has been hammering on this chapter five, chapter six, this whole sermon up to, the, okay, the sinful acts, or Jesus has a lot to say about it, but he's saying, listen to me, how can you point out sinful, acts and have anything helpful to say if you don't first understand the log that is this hear me look at me your sinful condition you've got to first understand your heart and your natural your natural place of brokenness and sin and desperation and unless you get that you're of no help to anyone else Because otherwise, what you're doing is you're trying to say, hey, let me bring you into my version of righteousness. Let me bring you into my version of clear vision, which is actually just distorted vision. It's all broken, we all fall short. We all, like sheep, have gone astray, each one to his own way. We just have our different versions of it and different expressions of it. And unless it comes from the gospel, unless it comes from the good news that Jesus came and said, your condition, your heart condition is broken and sinful and desperate, is blind, is hard-hearted. And then Jesus says, but I have come to set you free. I have come to, to, to die on the cross and to die the death that you deserve. And I have come to victoriously raise from the dead so that through faith in Christ, you and I can be born again. You and I can be, can be made new. You and I can be restored to life. You and I can have our distorted vision made clear. And then from there, we're able to rightly understand what other people need. And it's not something that you and I can give them in our own. And so Jesus goes on and continues again. He says, you hypocrite, verse 5, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. He says, if you think you get it right, apart from the gospel, you're in a really, really dangerous place. And if you view yourself more highly than you ought, it's because you view God lower than he is. And that shows up in how you view others. Uh, we, we have such an entitled, self-indulgent culture. And, and one, um, one, one author and, and um, leader, Trevin Wax, said this, that, that hopefully will we'll, we'll sting and will hit home. He says this, Hell is filled with those who think they deserve heaven. And heaven is full of people who know they deserve hell. If we're in a place where we feel so entitled, we say, at least I'm not like this person, at least I'm not like this person, I get it right, I, yeah, I'm not perfect, but hey, I'm, yeah, of course I deserve heaven, I've never done this, I've never done that, then we're like the Pharisee who's standing there judging everyone else and have too high and too lofty and too broken a view of ourselves. And Jesus says, if that's the way that you judge others, that's the judgment that you will receive. And here in a couple of weeks, he's gonna hammer on that even more, and we'll see this come into even greater clarity. But let me just, let this be a warning to us today. If you think your righteousness, your rightness before God and before others and in your life, if anything that's good that you think that you have in your life, that you get it right, if that doesn't start with, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, Apart from you, I would be broken. If not by your grace, your undeserved favor, so would I be. If that's not the place of origin, then you should be, you should be terrified. This should be a wake-up call that you will stand before God one day and, and, and then he will say, you judged everyone else by your own standard and not by the gospel. And so now that's the judgment that you deserve. And I know that there are those of us here in this room who are more prone to Um, self-destruction and self-judgment and we, and you think right now, you say I wonder if I'm really saved, I wonder if Jesus really, if I'm really forgiven, I wonder if that's me and let me just encourage you, first of all there is a holy fear, a good fear that's there, a right understanding of God that does acknowledge that standing before our holy and righteous judge and creator is a big deal and it should not be taken lightly, but if you, if trembling and awe and reverence comes into your Heart, when you think of that, that shows up. And if you say, I, I don't know if I can judge anyone else, I don't know if I have anything to offer, because man, I, I am broken and I need God's forgiveness and I don't know, and I'm, I'm, I'm aware of, of that, that day that is coming, then let me encourage you that that's a really good place to be. Then, then the, the, the harsh tone that is kind of picking up here in chapter 7 is, is likely not meant. For you, it's certainly not meant to pile it on you and to condemn you and to cause, and to cause fear and trembling in an unhealthy way for you. Because what he's hammering on here is the Pharisee, like we saw over in Luke, is the one who says, I wish everyone else could be more like me. I really, really get it right, and most other people don't. What would it look like for us to be in a place where we were most... Most um, intentional and most severe in our, in, our, in our evaluation of ourselves and of people like us, of ourselves and our friends and the, and the people that agree with us. And if we were more gracious with other people not like us. Not, oh, it's all the same, it's all just be tolerant, Just but what if our first flinch was, like in James, if we were slow to speak and quick to listen and quick to understand and slow to anger? If we didn't just hear, that's a different perspective, that's a different culture, that's a different different generation, a different socioeconomic uh, tax bracket, a different ethnicity, and so I'm quickly, I don't understand it, therefore it's wrong. What if our first flinch was... i don't understand so i'm gonna i'm gonna lean in i'm gonna ask more questions i'm gonna be winsome i want to seek to understand and then ourselves if we look through the if if we're going to look at ourselves we look through the mm -mm 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 magnifying glass a little more we have our greatest level of scrutiny for ourselves and the people like us and we say what are our own blind spots I'm in a cultural context. These people love Jesus, and their, their worship expression is very different from me. Their, their understanding on family is very different from mine. Their you know, X, Y, and Z is very different. And what if our first, our first thought was, man, maybe they could speak into some blind spots I might have. That, that I swim in my own cultural waters, so I likely don't see some things that are broken about myself. So why don't I invite... Some, 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 some judgment, some evaluation on myself, and then open up a dialogue and, and learn and grow. And again, that beautiful picture of a tapestry woven together, that's, man, when Jesus is bringing Jew and Gentile together, which you see there, when Jesus is calling tax collector and Pharisee together to be shaped by his gospel, it's a people that cannot live healthily and rightly, cannot see God and self and others rightly apart from his gospel, and guys, you, you and I definitely have something to offer that is the good news of Jesus, that is the gospel, but it's not something that we conjure up on our own. And so he says, he implies that, right, in verse 5, so yes, you do need to move toward one another. You, de- you do need to, to, to call out and speak into the specks that are in our brother's and sister's eyes but that needs to come from an understanding of our own condition and our own desperate need for the gospel. And then he brings that to full fruition in verse 6. He says, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. And some, of, some people have even treated this as a completely different Verse, or you're like, I don't know what Jesus is thinking about right there. I was tracking with him in verses one through five, and then he must have just zoned out for a minute and just started talking about dogs and pigs. And it's like, wait, 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 where was I? And he's coming right. Like, how does this all fit together? And, and that happens. Okay, we need to be, we need to give ourselves enough grace and recognize enough that 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 um, we those thoughts well up in us as we're r- reading scripture. Or sometimes, if you're like me, you're going along and you're like, Wow, I just read like three chapters. Well, often I don't read three chapters. I just read three verses and I zoned out and tuned out. And rather than just, like, I'm going to dig in a little. I'm going to say, God, what are you saying here? So in this case, Jesus, what are you saying when you seemingly go to a completely different subject and start talking about dogs and pigs and them attacking you? Well, again, it's related to that one extreme of thinking, oh, there's no truth, there's no absolutes, there's no good news to give to anyone, I'm just gonna sit over here quietly and keep to myself, and whatever's good for me is good for me, and I'm not gonna say anything. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 you are gonna engage other people. You do have the gospel. He talks about that which is holy and, 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 and that which is like a pearl, like a, like a precious jewel, right? Earlier, he says, you as you get the gospel as you rightly understand god and then from there you rightly understand yourself you're to be like salt that preserves all that it is around you you're to be like a light like a city on a hill that gives light to all who see so that others will see your good works and will glorify your Father in heaven. Okay, so Jesus is saying, no, no, live in a world, there is sin, there, are, there is sin that needs to be called out and needs to be spoken into, and use discernment and use winsomeness, and it flows out of when you rightly understand the gospel, okay, are you guys tracking with me this? Give me a little amen here, give me a little nod, am I? Okay, when you, when you, when you rightly understand who God is and who we are, and, and you have that posture like the tax collector that says, God, I need you. Have mercy on me. My only hope is your gospel. My only hope my only hope is your good news. Then you have the pearl. You have that which is holy. And now he says, now use discernment and use wisdom and, 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 and depend on the Holy Spirit. And you see this with Jesus in his own interactions with other people, okay? You see Jesus going and rel- waiting with some people who ask questions or who 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 try to kind of back him into a corner? And Jesus says things like, "You brought of vipers, you 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 foolish people, you you know." And he calls people out and he says like. I'm not going to enter into your little silly game here because you're not, you're not really wanting to get at this place. You're not in a place of receiving the gospel and not that you and I are out there just calling people names and calling people vipers and all that stuff. And it's usually the religious folk, by the way, that Jesus is calling out here. It's usually the people that are standing up here abusing the gospel and misusing the word of God for their good and their glory and to put others down. And Jesus just goes after them. But in other places you see where he looks and he says, Yeah, this person is misunderstanding the gospel, and I'm gonna extend grace and I'm gonna be winsome and I'm gonna be careful, and I'm gonna I'm gonna extend love and I'm gonna I wanna bring this person. I have a, a gift that I wanna see this person get to, okay? Of of evangelism, guys, is like this. It's one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. What what would it look like? If in our lives, in our relationships with one another, as we enter into judgment, we enter into that which is right and that which is not right. We're in such a place where we see that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And Jesus says, Behold, the good news of the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe. Put your faith in him and find life where Jesus says come to me for my yoke is easy and My burden is light Where Jesus says that he is the the is the is the is the life. He is the hope He is where you can find sustenance for your souls Where he says come to me And I will give you forgiveness And if we were in such a place where we didn't again, we didn't say oh be more like me But we said man I'm a beggar and I'm hungry And I see that you're looking for food. You're looking for sustenance. And I don't have it. I don't have I'm not the one that can just that can feed you here with all my intellectual wisdom and all my right political stances and all my right raising of my kids and all my right views and all my right postures and all my right X, Y, and Z, but I I know where bread can be found. Let let me introduce you to Jesus. So again, as we close here, let's evaluate. How do you view others? How do you relate with others? Just look back on your, on your f- Facebook feed over the last, last year. Look, look back on, on when you hear a particular, a particular person talking on the radio or on the news or you drive past a particular person or you look, you know, whatever it might be. And we're all in this together, right? We just come at it from different angles. What does that reveal? How do you view others? What would it look like to be in a place where we look at others and we say, wherever it is, wherever there's brokenness, but not for the grace of God, I'd be right there? Because however you view others, that reveals how you view yourself. So let me again ask you how do you view yourself? Are you informing who you are based on the beginning and the end? whether the, for the most arrogant and the most downtrodden in here, if, if you don't understand yourself based on God's declaration of who you are, an image bearer, it, it, knit together in your mother's womb, God having a plan and a purpose and a love for you, it, 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 do you understand who God has made you to be and declared you to be? And from there, do you evaluate the sin and the brokenness in your life and recognize, God, I am not the way I'm supposed to be. Uh, uh, Have mercy on me. Pour out your gospel on me. Bring transformation that I can't bring about on my own. And then from there, how how do you view God? It's always a good place for us to end. How do you view God as we sing songs right now, as we prepare to come before the communion table? Do you understand that God is holy and righteous and that he is the judge before whom we will stand one day? And and he will say and he will evaluate, how have you judged others? How have you judged yourself? Have you had too low a view of God and too high a view of yourself? And yet, connected with that, do you understand that God the judge is also God the Father? And that he said, come to me, and through faith in Jesus. Remember back in chapter 6, when Jesus said, pray like this, our Father. Jesus said, "I I am the Son of God, and I get to go before God the Father and pray and say, my Father in heaven. And then Jesus opens that up and says, through faith in him, you and I get to go before God and say, through Jesus... I can say our Father. Our Father in Heaven. Jesus is our advocate. If you've put your trust in Him, if you've recognized your desperate need for His forgiveness, and you see the victorious... Accomplishment on the cross of laying his life down and the victorious resurrection from the dead of putting death to death and of ushering in his new kingdom and of uh, establishing a way for, for hearts to go from stone to flesh so that we rightly see others, we rightly see ourselves, and we rightly see God. And, and so that's what we're called to respond to right now. What would it look like to see everything through the, the lens of of the person and work of Jesus, the death and resurrection of Jesus, the cross and the empty tomb of Jesus, because the gospel, that's the gospel, the gospel is created in God's image, fallen, desperately in need, of being restored to our Father, and then Jesus coming and saying, I have privilege, I've got it right, and I'm not going to hold on to that, but I'm going to enter into your mess, and I'm going to extend grace and favor to you, and Jesus coming and living the perfect life that we were created to live. Jesus dying on the cross to pay the penalty that you and I deserve to pay, and Jesus victoriously raising from the dead and saying, now you can have life through me, through what I have accomplished. And then Jesus ascending, and saying, I'm going to return one day, and I'm going to judge everyone. And the good news is that if you have put your faith in me, that judgment will be standing before your father and your big brother who loves you. What would it look like for us to have a restored understanding of God and ourselves and others? All coming from the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for, uh, for this time and your word. Lord, thank you. I, I pray that every one of us is laid bare before you right now. Lord, none of us, I pray, will leave here unchanged. Lord, for those who are like the tax collector who, who say, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, I pray that like a, like, a, like a restoring balm, the gospel has been presented, Lord, that you would encourage and say, Come to me. Come and put your trust in Jesus. Come and, come and find hope and life and forgiveness and that you have said, I love you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And Lord, for those of us who have arrogance and who, 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 who have a broken view of you and of ourselves and of others, Lord, I pray that you will convict us. And Lord, even there in our conviction that you will lead us to hope and to repentance and to, and to worship. All of this in light of the gospel of Jesus, the good news. In your name we pray, amen.